so uh, welcome to part two of Regional Indie Disco, where we're uh, looking at 1978. Um, so as ever, I'm Adam, which, uh, joined by uh, Ross. Hey everybody, it's 1978 and all the records sound terrible. And we're joined by James. Hello, um, I think some of the albums are good. There you go. Um, so in the last one, we talked about Warren Zevon and Steve Reich. And this time around, we're going to talk about Bruce Springsteen and Willie Nelson. Maybe he will. Uh, but first of all, uh, James is going to tell us about who was born and who died in 1978, the year we're talking about this time with me, Adam, James and Ross. <laughs> Regional Indie Disco. Well, he's professional. Let's start with the AC, the AC finger of death. Uh, one of our regular themes, the fingers. Um <laughs> <laughs> that said icy finger uh, this year pushed Sandy, D- Sandy Denny down some stairs um, <laughs> she choked on a sandwich when she got to the bottom <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she she died aged uh, 37 which all joking aside was tragic because she was brilliant yeah she was brilliant especially when she then choked on that sandwich and got in the Rolls Royce and drove it into a swimming pool yes absolutely um, in contrast to the brilliance of uh, Sandy Denny uh, death put a load of drugs in Keith Moon and he died aged 31 yeah. was he only 31? only 31 yeah. wow well this is the thing imagine isn't it? being that irritating in that such a short period of time well it's always the thing is that like the Beatles had split up before they were 30 the mm. fuck is Mm. Um, uh, Randy French pervert Jacques Brel died age 49 of a sexy heart attack <coughs> wasn't um, he Belgian? because <laughs> of Brexit that's based it's <laughs> basically the same thing isn't it um, in tangential uh, rock news uh, Sid Vicious stabbed Nancy Sponge to death like the cunt he was Um Chris Bell, the big star, uh, listened to our uh, earlier episode, uh, died aged 27 of a car crash, and that was actually sad. Uh, and Maybell Carter yes. of the Carter family uh, died aged 69, which was acceptable. Um, we had the death of uh, Adolf Dassler of uh, Adidas fame. Oh, yeah. Austrian. Uh, mm. uh, yep, uh, he died aged 78. Um, Ed Wood, most famous for being Johnny Depp. Deadwood. <laughs> Deadwood. Well, yeah. the film's coming, isn't it? Yeah, That's yeah. the sequel. Um, died of liver failure, age 54. Um, we had. Hold on the- a second. No, Edward Woodwood. I was trying to work on it, but it's. Edward Wood wouldn't anymore? No, because it had to be. Like, I had to get to the equaliser, then get off it again. Quick, I didn't. Iwa, uwa, etc. Um, Ooh la! Oh, part four. Um, Aldo Moro, the uh, five-time Italian Prime Minister, was uh, murdered by communist terrorists, um, which is detailed in that film. His name is now escaping me. Jaws. Yes, Jaws. No, Jaws 3. Jaws yes. 3. Jaws 3D. A friend of mine is in uh, Jaws 3, so he's my uh, link to Six Degrees of... Kevin Bacon, etc., because he's pictured a banana boat in the background. There you go. Um, Harvey Milk. (laughs) Harvey Milk uh, was murdered age 48 in other film murders and news. Um, As mentioned in part one, uh, we had the death of Pope Paul VI, uh, died aged 80. We had Pope John Paul I, who lasted 33 days 
and then was murdered almost certainly. Uh, Jim Jones in True Crown News died aged 47. And we also had the uh, death of Norman Rockwell, uh, aged 84. Norman, not well. <laughs> died well rocked. <laughs> Take me in your arms, rock me to death. Right. Birth. There's a real kind of mixed bunch of like indie rock and pop horror and all of this. So 1978 uh, spewed out to us uh, Mylene Class. Uh, oh, yeah. From Heresy. Heresy, yeah. Yes. Mm. Now, and, isn't uh, she the. You know, classic it, FM. I was going to say, isn't she now in charge of classical music? I think so. Mm. Yeah. For Britain. Which is. I think it's her and. Everybody um, knows is in charge of classical music. Her and David Williams now, isn't it? Yeah. He's got a show. I think. I think, yeah, I believe. He's yeah, still churning at children's books. Yeah, he's still, and who's, still going. who's the lad off, no the, discernible that talent. lad off the thick of it who's in charge of opera? Chris Addison. Yes, he's in charge of Is opera. Is he in charge of opera? Well, he's like, he's like Op- opera's good. You don't have to wear a tie to go to it. I just wear my jumper. Nah, he's a mm. fucking <laughs> In contrast to Mylene Class, we have um, the sadly faded star of Rachel Stevens. <laughs> It's like, is it has, how has our star faded? Do you mean in terms of being popular or she? Yeah, like, it's oh, I thought you meant like she's, she's like a proper wreck now. I think, like, I think, no, I don't I think, think she meant like gas was escaping from her in alarm and ring. No, she's I just meant like, like she's, she's going to turn into a black hole. She'd, she'd gone off. She's That's what I meant like, you know, she's aged. Like. No, not like uh, the blonde one from Girls Aloud who did all the drugs. Yeah, uh, who is Sarah Harden? Sarah Harden, Sarah yeah. Harden yeah, she's Sarah, not gone. Sarah Hardface. It's not gone well for her, like. It's not no. gone well for her. Shame. What her, happened to. Her the man from All Saints. What, <laughs> what's happened to uh, Rachel Stevens? I don't do you know, know what she's doing. I don't know. She's probably gone into business with, like, Holly Valance or something like that. Because I know Jet from Gladiator set up her own kind of aromatherapy and workout business. Wasn't she? Maybe like, like sports coaching or something. Wasn't she like going out with somebody called Kurt or something from she like Hollyoaks? She used to go out with Kurt Benson from Hollyoaks. Kurt Benson, that's it. Jeremy yeah. Edwards. Ah, Jeremy Edwards, and then yeah. Jeremy Jedwards. Then she, then she, then she yeah. split up with him and went over with somebody else. Yeah. Like, I want to say Toby Anstis. I want to say Daniel Benfield. I wanted to say Bernhard Langer, the 80s golfer. <laughs> Honestly, that Stevens is a fucking jack in the box. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. Rachel Stevens, Bernhard Langer, boyfriend. Set. Rachel Ste. Oh, hold on. Is it? She got a website. Is it Nick Faldo? She's on Instagram. She's oh, top update on Rachel Stevens. She's wearing a jumper. All right. Okay. Yeah. Actually, the second hit is Rachel Stevens now. Rachel Stevens. It's got to be kind of musical theatre, maybe. She's married to Alex Bourne. Who's Alex Bourne? Oh, the like, Bourne Identity? Yeah. <laughs> Has he got his own Wikipedia page or not? I don't know who he she is. She did Funky Dory. Remember that? Nope. Nope. No, no. No, that was our album. That was the one that had oh, right. uh, Farewell My L.E.X. Oh, right. I remember that song. It's good podcasting this, mind, isn't it's it? It's excellent uh, stuff. I can cut it out. Oh, oh. I wouldn't cut it out. I think people No, I think the listeners deserve to yeah. listen to this stuff. What is happening with so she went, out with a, she went out with a property developer, and then she went out with Arsenal Vice Chairman David Dean. <laughs> Who's considerably older. That, mm. The relationship did not last long. No, uh, he then she he was, He'd been like mid to late 50s. Yeah, probably. at least. She then yeah. went out with Stephen Dorff. And then she went out with American-British-based singer Oliver Trevenier, who was known professionally as Ollie T. No, and then she became... he, sounds like a, he sounds wrong for her. 
And then Shea started going out with Alex Bourne, who doesn't have any own Wikipedia. So Alex Bourne could be anybody. Yeah. That's what, see, she was dating in the public eye, and then as soon as she met like a nice down-to-earth bro, um, you know, she could settle down, and, uh, and I hope she's happy. Um, as part of the rock of the virtual band, Gorillaz, um, she is supposed to have gone out with Stuart 2D Pot as part of their fictional backstory. I know. Got fingered by Tank Girl. Fucking clock. Uh, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm not generally disappointed by fiction. Like, I quite like fiction. It's entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Stories are good. In the case of the gorillas, I have to find it uh, yeah. is a disappointing area of fiction. Fiction, you are guilty. Yeah. Bad fiction. Speaking of bad fiction, Matt Bellamy of Muse is Ooh. also this year. Uh, we also get Julian Casablancas of the uh, Trust Fund Strokes. Uh, Nelly Furtado... John Legend, rather full of himself, um, and Usher. Where what John Legend Usher. is rather full of himself. Oh, well, Usher yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, is calling he? himself John Legend. Ah, oh, it's a good joke. It works well. I just think of him because I follow Chrissy Teigen. On, on yeah, he was good though because um, you know he was one of the few ones to stand out and say "fuck you, R. Kelly." No, but I, so, oh, he's a, he's a, he's a good guy. But it's the way that uh, Chrissy Teigen keeps just like talking about stupid stuff he says yeah. in the house on Twitter to the point where I don't associate his surname with a meaning. So that was why I was when you were like he's up himself. I was like he seems quite down to earth. But Nate, words have two meanings. Yeah, we also this year uh, vomit out from the bowels of hell, James Corden. No, oh, um, and also such. Uh, he gets in a car. And the singer song. Hmm. Yeah. He's wacky, isn't he? Yeah. That's the best best thing but to like, say about him. Corporate wacky. Hmm. You know, he's not he's not a danger to anybody. Well. Well, I just think it's insidious, isn't it? It's um He's just a cunt. No, you don't you don't need to kinda of like <laughs> pretend otherwise it's just cunt. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's move on. Call it like you say it, cunt. Yeah, yeah. Um in big news, not for me, but for the other two members of the podcast, 1978 gave us both Katie Holmes and Joshua Jackson. That is a big year. To pronounce Joshua Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like I like that. Because I immediately I think about, you know, Pacey in the boat. Like painting. And I, I think painting, about... Painting, will you come with I me think about like season, the building. Yeah. season two, season three of Dawson's yeah. Creek, and I just get a little bit... I oh, get a nice feeling inside. <laughs> Hard on. No, they they don't happen inside my body. <laughs> that's not what I heard. That's <laughs> uh, what those graffiti in the toilets would tell you. Um, what would it be if it's not an erection? What is it if it goes? Is it what is it? Is it any an unrection or something like that? An any <laughs> <laughs> a bonk in <laughs> a stot in. Inverto cock. <laughs> it was one of the less successful uh, X-Men. Um, this year also gave us... Green isn't. That's what the incels call women, isn't it? <laughs> this year also gave us, uh, at uh, opposite ends of handsomeness, Ashton Kutcher and Dean Gaffney from EastEnders. <laughs> Did he see that picture of... Um, it was on Twitter last week. I, I don't know. Maybe it's an old picture. But it was Dean Gaffney with his with his girlfriend and his daughters, and they're all sort of early twenties, blonde, like look almost identical. No, oh. it's it's one of those where you're like, 
holy shit, Dean Gaffney. Yeah. But also like, holy shit, Dean Gaffney. It's very much, yeah. Much like his face, it's an opinion splitter. <laughs> I always think that he looks like, uh, at some point, there might be like a, a kind of teary reunion with Jimmy Neal. I always thought he looks like a football debutant, but he never grew up and got off his acne. Yes, de- de- debuted at 17. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like, like Luke Chadwick. Yeah. I remember when he... Oh, God, he was a spectacularly ugly man. Yeah, well... Maybe, maybe he's just being like. Maybe this is evolution in action, that, and in some regard, maybe he's stronger than the rest of us. He sacrificed maybe some kind of beauty for a hardiness that we just don't understand. That's the thing. He doesn't look particularly older, does he? Like you know, he doesn't appear to age. He just stays it's true, young like, person yeah, ugly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> young person ugly. Yeah, <laughs> like an older, sophisticated ugly. Yeah. Hey, I tell you what, the Jacksons in uh, EastEnders—they were a good-looking lot, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Mm. A slur on the working class. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sonia Jackson, a slur on the working class. What was was she the one that had me? The mom? No, 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 no. Who was the? Who the mom was Carol, wasn't it? That was it, Carol. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm. it was just like, oh, just because she was like, I've got me. It's like, was like, is that why you look like you're in the Dark Crystal? Sonia was the one who looked like um, like anything could be an improvised weapon. <laughs> <laughs> from from fork to dog. Yeah, just explaining explaining to you that yes, we do do free home delivery in Iceland. <laughs> Very much so, both shop and country. Um, opinion splitting James Franco was this year. Um, and we had a mighty fine uh, five-a-side team. So we could turn out uh, Jean-Luigi Buffon, Carlos Puyol, uh, Gennaro Gattuso, Miroslav Klose and Didier Drogba, which would be a lot of fun. Okay, yeah. more than ever, I'm at the point where I think, you know that I don't know who these people are and you're just making up sounds and saying <laughs> the footballers. Iwa Wuwa. Iwa Wuwa Ula. Oh, yeah, he had a great... Season it, what? Kingham, <laughs> red bastards, <laughs> Mickey spectacular. Um, we also have another sport news. Um, uh, Manny Pacquiao, who is still going. Uh, Kobe Bryant, who I believe is, uh, I believe Kobe Bryant still going, and also Steve Harmson, who's now fat in the size of a house. And yeah, he's a big guy, isn't he? He, he is. Uh, he's enjoying his retirement, like yeah. Steve Bruce. Um, and finally, as referenced in uh, part one, uh, 1978 gave us uh, Garfield, one man's, uh, the manifestation of one man's mental illness. <laughs> Thing is what you're saying about um, Steve Harmson and Steve Bruce enjoying their retirement. They're not going to enjoy it, you know, with the joints, their joints are going to be knocked anyway. And with the extra weight, it's not good for them in the long run, like... I always thought with Steve Bruce, so he, he would occasionally I was talk. Saying, All right, yeah, enjoy your retirement, enjoy your diabetes, mate. Well, he talks in press conferences once in a while about how he needs to um, lose some weight. I mean, he literally works in an environment where people are employed. Yeah. T- to get people fit. Yeah. So pretty should be pretty straightforward, shouldn't it? With all them per- personal trainers and employee of the club, and you get paid more than anybody else, typically. Steve Bruce. Well yeah, done. indeed. Good he, show. He should probably ditch the pork pie fridge, I presume he has beside his desk. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, now Ross is going to talk us through uh, Stardust by Willie Nelson. I am. 
It turns out he will. Um, William Nelson. Yeah, yeah. So, William Nelson. <laughs> uh, Willie Nelson's kind of a big deal in, in that America. Uh, this is his 22nd studio album, which is quite impressive. It's not James Brown, but it's getting there. It's not James Brown numbers, but they're, they're pretty, pretty high. Yeah. Um, it's an album of covers. It's, they're all covers, um, sort of standards. Uh, it's produced with uh, Booker T from Booker T oh, and wow. the MGs. Um, and it's that wasn't pretty. That was a genuine. Oh that, wow! But during a yawn, so it sounded like a <laughs> it sounded like a dick. Like yeah. Oh god! Oh, yeah. Wow! Yeah, it comes twenty second album. Eh? Um, I've, I've been produced by Booker T twice today. <laughs> <laughs> I think it comes at the end of, of possibly towards the end of, of Willie Nelson's kind of critical and commercial um, height because really? he has. Um, Redheaded, uh, what's it called? Redheaded Stranger um, in 1975, and then 76 is uh, Wanted, The Outlaws, both of which were hugely successful. I listen to Redheaded Strangers today, it's absolutely amazing still. Wow. Um, oh, come on. There's no need for that. Just no, I was, being t- I was being sincere. No, it's really good. Yeah. It, it, Willie Nelson is, is great. Yeah. Um, yeah, he is. This is, um, I think, an absolutely amazing album. It, just up for, for what it is, for what it manages to get to, for the standard, obviously, of the songs, but also of the performance is extremely high. Uh, and in contrast to much of the stuff that came out this year, it sounds fabulous. It sounds beautiful. And it's got a real, um, a real kind of melancholic kind of heart that goes through it all, but it's also... Um, so so sparse and so nicely arranged that every instrument can breathe in particular Willie Nelson's voice um, yeah. which is it's a very it's, quiet record it's a very quiet record but it's, it's, it's so much stronger as a result but I also think you can listen to it kind of it's not really it's not obviously not a party record yeah. um, but the thing that I think really distinguishes it and puts it into a sort of category of, of divine is Booker T's organ with that just some so Booker T's genius here is he comes in to Willie Nelson's touring band that's been together for years and they're playing at the absolute top of the game and then he manages to um, by not doing a great deal yeah manage to not only improve them but also stand out himself still even in the, the midst of this real kind of um, sort of battle hardened unit um because I didn't know that about Booker T at all, but one of the things that I actually thought it sounded like was that kind of um, late sixties, early seventies Isaac Hayes almost. Mm-hmm. You know the way it's, but without the orchestration. Yeah. And obviously Booker T, that kind of sound is a very stacked sound. Um, it's got I that Willie want, Mitchell kind of vibe as yeah, well. Yeah. I just like, wanted the, the Al Green record that we looked at. Al Green was another one. I just wanted to point out the whole stacks connection. I didn't even know it was there, but I still spotted. Right. So like pretty impressive. Obviously. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Well done. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks. That, All was, right, okay. that was just me a little interjection there of, <laughs> it, of how good I am at spotting things. Um, it, it, the, initially, the, um, the record company were not happy with this. They thought it was a misstep doing an album of covers, um, given you know where Willie Nelson was in his career. But it then went on to be pretty much the biggest record in country music up until that point. It made um, Willie Nelson an absolute superstar by the end of this year. He was the highest grossing performer in America which in the 70s is like fucking hell because yeah. that's movie cash that 
That's like modern movie cash. Does it sound particularly country though? Because that was the odd thing when I was. No, no, I didn't think it sounded like. And and it's the same band on the other records, and it doesn't. But it's it's their versatility and their ability to interpret this. But there's still a kind of country kind of sense throughout all of it. It's that kind of acoustic. There's there's no like. like, There's no. There's no chicken picking. There's no slide guitar. There's no. There's no close vocal harmonies. Yeah. It's. It's all again. I think with the kind of the, the Isaac Hayes thing and Al Green. I think it was another thing that I thought was. But I also thought like, obviously he does um, Sunny Side of the Street, but there's almost like a Sinatra without the orchestra. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of art. It's music. Like it was apart from the harmonica, which even then isn't particularly country in its application. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of. If I didn't know who it was, I wouldn't say it was a country record. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it is a country yeah. record because I mean the, the the songs, you know, Irving Berlin, Hoagie Car- Carmichael songs aren't you know necessarily country songs. They're, they're probably so well written that they could be performed as well. Obviously, they could be performed as country songs. Um, but I think this this album is, is a result of the balance between Willie Nelson, Willie Nelson's group, and Booker T, and that kind of combination of country and soul. Yeah, and then uh, you've just got this whole new kind of. In a sense, it's like a new style of music that I haven't heard anybody else do as well as this. Um, it, it's absolutely fabulous record, and it's got some truly kind of outstanding moments. Probably most of all, the the cover of Georgia on my mind, which yeah. is absolutely beautiful and features one of my finest or one of my favourite moments of music ever, which is when the harmonica solo comes in, and you're like, "Oh, well, this is pretty nice, isn't it?" But it, it benefits from that late seventies poshness yeah. of the recording, I think, like like the other albums that we discussed um, in the previous episode. But it doesn't sound; it sounds warm. It doesn't sound like it's like polished. There's, yeah. a, there's a difference, I think, and it, and it is probably just the 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 kind of weightless gravity of. Booker T's organ all the way through the record just, just like just making it, yeah. everything just sound absolutely beautiful I think it performs a, a kind of high wire act which it occasionally fails at because I think doing all of these standards and having such a kind of nice and kind of plush production Willie's voice which is so kind of kind of heartbreaking and worn yeah. and kind of um, you can't help but feel that like this is a man who's lived this is a man who's kind of been broken or it's a man who's trying as well because that's the other thing about it. it's not a voice that you would like what characteristics do you want in a good singing voice yeah. you wouldn't write them down and come up with it but the yeah. Nelson yeah no you, didn't, no you wouldn't yeah absolutely and so you mentioned like so the, the, he's the, not a bad singer I mean he's no but no, that's no. but it's it's very odd mm. it's very singular yeah but you've got like at, at the points where it's great. So the title track, as he said, can George on my mind. I think the version of Unchained Melody is yeah, kind of really yeah. heartbreaking. But then on the flip side of that, so you've got something like All of Me, which sounds like kind of senior citizens cruise, <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't and it doesn't quite get away with that. Now I don't know whether that's. I didn't think. I, that I think it's possibly. I, I think that's just to do with. I think the song itself is really insipid. I didn't think that so at the time, really, but now that you've said it, I can song, I, I can totally like, yeah. hear it. This it's is the only version that I like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and again, so. I, that and kind of uh, on the sunny side of the street and things that where it just tips into being slightly kind of um, mad busker at the seaside which is I think it goes saccharine yeah, yeah it's, it's like it's with the harmonica and everything 
there, there is the and obviously it's not a view that I share but I can understand why you would arrive at it in the sense that it veers into a kind of littlest hobo kind of territory yeah, of sentimentality yeah. where you're like, but I suppose that late seventies kind of like, it's like there was, come on. When you really? see yeah, buskers yeah. playing popular hits on the harmonica, uh, yeah, like yeah. that kind of where it's just. But it, it's it's just I think because it, it sparkles like it's and it's it's so sparse that it, that it's everything is just so beautifully kind of maintained. Yeah. In a sense, like that, that nobody. It, it, it's like when we. I don't know we mentioned Al Green but when we talked about his band playing and they're all playing so quietly but yeah. you can tell that they're all absolutely loving it like, yeah. like this knowing that this sounds brilliant like it's and kind it, of, it sounds alive as well like, and it yeah. sets the template for um, I, I really love uh, Lamb Chop covering mm-hmm. his, Lamb Chop do, do a similar thing whereby everything um, is incredibly um Everything just sounds incredibly close, mm. uh, and I mean, the, the, there's a, a a friend of mine who will always insist that her, her big issue with Kurt Wagner is that he sounds rather like he's eating a sandwich close to the microphone. <laughs> it's that kind of slightly too close, kind of lip smacking kind of thing. But it, it does, it it is like a kind of. Um, as an album, it, it's a it's a lovely hug from a grandparent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's gone on too long. Oh yeah, some, sometimes <laughs> it's you know it's not the right time of day. Sometimes it's too hot in the room. Yeah. Sometimes the telly's too loud. But I think it. Sometimes they're dead, like mine are. I think at its finest. Um, again, if you know why one of us went to jail for six months. Um, I've just dropped a massive bombshell on yeah, that, by the way. Yeah. Um, do write in the regional indie disco. We might not get around to reading your email. Uh, we do get a lot. Uh, it's pretty. It's if like, you can mark it as urgent, <laughs> with, if you've got like a really early, a really early version of Outlook, so that, that exclamation mark comes up. Then. Actually, that is a good point when something that I did want to. I'm sick of all these people BCC and other people in when they're emailing yeah, yeah. us. Cheap. Cheap. If it's BCC, how do they, how do we know? I've got internet people. Oh, really? <laughs> Tron, WikiLeaks. Well, you got that email. You got Bill Gates' email after you had that malaria, didn't yeah. you? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, which I didn't catch in jail. But I think it, um, the with this, I think at its finest. Again, kind of uh, when I was talking about Warren Zevon in terms of um, the kind of the American version of something. I think, like, in the same way that Nick Drake is exceptionally British, mm. this felt like a, like, like a Nick Drake record, but American, in a way that it's, like, it's got that kind of... Um, that history, rather than this history yeah, to yeah. it, and it felt like it was kind of... It had that... and But that sense of quiet, and that sense of... Um, I don't know. I don't know what the what the, what the atmosphere is. That mm. it's not. A, it, it doesn't feel like an intentional atmosphere. It just feels like it's just there. And I think the other thing was the kind of, as I said before, the kind of the, the Isaac Hayes kind of almost. The, you can imagine Portishead sampling this. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if I, it, I haven't yeah. looked it up. But this, why this album wasn't rated by instrumental hip hop. You know what I mean? Because you've got all of these nice drones and the kind of beats and stuff, which if you put a heavier beat over. It'll sound Did like you it. find anybody who had sampled it? No, that's what I'm saying. I haven't looked it up. It oh, was just, right. but it was that kind of thing. It was just when I was listening to it yesterday, and I was like, "This really reminds us of like the." And again, because Isaac Hayes does that kind of talking, you know, like the beginning of By the Time yeah, yeah, the Phoenix, yeah. it's got that kind of atmosphere where it's just like, yeah, this song might be three minutes long, might be yeah. twenty. Well, it's it's. I think a lot of it is facilitated by the fact that 
by this stage and probably all throughout his career Willie Nelson knows songwriting yeah. and therefore songs inside out absolutely so his kind of delivery and his approach to these songs which he obviously loves otherwise he wouldn't have picked them um, and then to sing them in the way that he does and kind of I suppose kind of flesh them out and just the odd occasional bit of guitar yeah. and, like when and it's just it's he, also tasteful but without being when he plays um, solos and it's just the melody yeah know? yeah but it's like oh, it sounds yeah because there's all that space I, and I think it's another one of those where we'll, we'll keep kind of coming back to it where with certain artists it's miles on the clock mm. it's album 22 he must have been I don't know how long he's been performing for but you've got to guess 20 years at least yeah no. it's just as you say I know what I'm doing mm. And, totally, you, and yeah. then you throw him in a room with Booker T, who has got also this. knows exactly what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, occasionally records come from kind of um, that kind of I suppose that kind of chemistry and in, in, in that um, great artists kind of facilitating each other, and that this is a perfect example of that. And if you haven't heard it, you should definitely check it out because it's mint. Are you, so are you gonna are you gonna try and filibuster our opinions on Bruce Springsteen? You've got fifteen minutes. Your collective opinions. No, I, I have a anyway. I'm I'm fine with this because Bruce loves me. Well, yeah. No, I'm, I'm fine with this. I'm, this is not like a. Um, it's not a minority opinion. <laughs> what that it's good or bad? Is this what is this his best album? Hmm. Hmm. Good question. I don't think you could uh, probably it, shouldn't say at this stage. Is it top three? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Fucking hell. I've heard of some Metallica albums on him. Yeah. yeah. You should listen to more. I didn't even know how that works. <laughs> you should listen to them all. Yeah, it's really, just, not, just, not, just a word not of, all of them. Word of advice to listen to listen. Yeah. Listen to some mid period Metallica. <laughs> Well, I have, a, I have a similar kind it's of. It's not even mid period anymore, though, is it? It's like you know, early period essentially. Like, yeah. I oh, know I'm including Justice for All in that. Oh, it's like oh, listen to the listen to four out of the five first Metallica out, like you know. But it's like those conversations about Dylan, isn't it? It's like, well, those mid. I mean, that's very much not mid period now with Dylan, isn't it? <laughs> like forty years ago. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Metallica. If the release date has an eight, the album is great. <laughs> So anyway, on to Bruce Springsteen then. Whoa, are you hosting the show now? I just, I just, I, 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 I'm waiting for the fireworks. You thought we were meandering. Yeah, no, no, well. <laughs> Everybody get a partner, we've got to cross the road. <laughs> so, if you're listening to this, you already have an opinion on Bruce Springsteen, I would have thought. And therefore you might think, oh, well, why are they discussing this? But, you know, fuck you all. Um, in our early episodes when we were really really drunk rather than slightly drunk and we did and we did stuff like um, real minority acts like uh, ABBA and Fleetwood Mac and Prince Metallica Metallica Guns N' Roses did we do you 2 we did yes. U2 yeah. yeah Nine Inch Nails so it's po- yeah so it, it, it's possibly into that category whereby you're basically like, our rule is like we haven't done the Beatles that's it we've done fucking everybody else haven't we we haven't done the store but yeah that kind well, of thing yeah, yeah, I think we're not going to do the store well I think it, is it, well I think have we done 72 that's the only one you would, you would, you would only do Exile the other thing with this is that it's not born in the USA well no I would say it's the it's the third well that's an interesting one isn't it because I suppose the well 
Born to Run is the one most people will have heard. I would Born have to Run. By born, born, born to Run. But yeah. yeah. So Born to Run, Born in the USA, they would have heard. And then The River's born. got loads more famous singles on it, even though The River is, as with any double album, is catastrophically flawed by being a double album. Anyway, so you might ask, why are we doing Springsteen? And I could see... Well, we're not, you are. Well, yeah. It's I mean, the voice it's, of the listener. Like, <laughs> it's rhetorical, isn't it? It's like so, a Greco-Roman chorus. So, yeah, well, so what would the Prime Minister do about this? Well, <laughs> um, so it's... it's oh, the, with there being a chorus, I thought you were going to go, spring, 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 spring. <laughs> very much like uh, those little pink Muppets. Um, There's a good act out going yeah. on. It's good visual items on the radio again. Um, so you might ask yourself, given that presumably when you listen to this podcast you think well there's a lot of kind of earnest forthright discussion in this but obviously we listen for james's opinions which are correct but um you might ask yourself what could have attracted james to an earnest lapsed catholic from an area of dying industry with a grand sense of kind of the dramatic and wanting to kind of self-aggrandize himself on his own podcast anyway you might ask that question. But this is the uh, fourth album by Bruce Springsteen and recorded with what you, what most people would probably consider to be the kind of classic uh, E Street Band lineup of Springsteen on loads of stuff. Is, um, he, is he big by now or is this... Yeah, so, yeah this is after Born to Run. So Born to Run's yeah. huge. Right. Um, and obviously the, the, the title track is an, is an absolute kind of nailed on classic um, and sells huge amounts. So this is... Uh, so Born to Run 75. So this is coming off the back of like... Yeah. Is, is this make or break though or is it just like golden name no, or is I, no I, problem for I th- I mean? Yeah, I think kind of... There's no expectations or... To, so, um, to some extent... I mean, I think the kind of first two albums do all right. Um, They're, of course, Bruce 1 and Bruce 2. Bruce 1, Bruce 2, yeah. No, it's Bruce 1 and Bruce... <laughs> Bruce Tarden. <laughs> the Bruce Goose. After this one, there was Bruce his Millions. But this doesn't... Um, <laughs> His name is the Brewster. Well, that's famously. <laughs> you shouldn't make beers. <laughs> Bruce is Bruce. That sounds like a kind of out-of-town out carvery. If you sponsor, if you if you if you're an early adopter on his Kickstarter, you get to be a Brewster's Brew Bro. Other <laughs> than that run on Broadway, that could have been the easier way to big cash. I'd have watched that on Netflix. Just him tasting beer. Oh, I'm pissed now. Well, everything would like taste like fucking road, wouldn't it? It'd be like, oh, oh, that tastes like the turnpike. This oh, is, uh, that, that tastes like the highway. It's IPA tastes of tarmacadam. It's like a taste of tarmacadam. Tarmacadam. He's a Scottish guy. Yeah. Um, she like some factory stout. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. So, classic E Street band lineup. So, Roy Bitten uh, on piano, Clarence Clements on sax, Danny Federici on the organ. Gary W. Talent on bass. Uh, Roy Bitten, of course, was replaced by Roy Twice Shot. <laughs> Max Weinberg on drums and pod favourite, little Stephen Van Zandt on guitar. Um, so, Born to Run is 
three years prior to this is absolutely huge. Um, this is one of Six those films. Insofar as there, there aren't really any kind of big singles off it. Nothing sells huge singles, but the album goes on to sell astonishing amounts. Really, um, I don't think. I think sometimes we bring albums to this forum knowing that um, other people around the table are really going to hate them. We launch this kind of... I do that all the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we launch this kind of uh, impassioned uh, But it's only because you make me listen to stuff that you like. And I'm like, I'll make you listen to stuff that I can tolerate. (laughs) That's how I'll get back at you. Well, next week. Um, (laughs) So... um, so I I don't and I think sometimes we can kind of kind of we can feel um, touchy about kind of those those albums and I don't think in this situation that I, I think I kind of know everybody's opinion on Springsteen and, I, and I'm fine with the fact that uh, I'm correct on this. So this what I love about Springsteen is that um, the things that he is so kind of easily uh, parodied over that they are songs about that kind of fictionalized version of America. So it is kind of cars and girls and factories and working class life and things like that are partly from his experience, but wonderfully in that kind of recent Springsteen on Broadway and Netflix, the kind of opening stanza of that almost is like, yeah, never worked a day in my life. Literally played in bands since I was 16. <laughs> this is all the experience of my family. This is all kind of character. And I'm absolutely fine with that. You know, um, Shakespeare didn't have to murder somebody to write Macbeth, you know? So I think that... You're not this... so much, mate, are you? Like, uh, oh, yeah, well... Well, no, he's allowed to be. He's allowed to be. I know, we had a discussion of Steve Reich he's last w- week. <laughs> he's William Shakespeare. I am, yes. Um, no, so, I thought you meant Springsteen had yeah, said that. Yeah, it's, you know, it yeah absolutely. Which so, is, you know, New Jersey Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Yeah. Hey, I got tickets to a Broadway show. <laughs> it's not Shakespeare, you fucking jabroni. <laughs> Maybe. That's little Stephen. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> was he in the room? <laughs> done a little sick. <laughs> you say you've done a little sick in the corner there. <laughs> Being a hard name. <laughs> So Steve Madsen did all the songs for Family Fortunes. <laughs> <laughs> if that's up there, I'll give you the answer yourself. <laughs> so all of the things that everybody else will tell you are that they think are kind of great about Springsteen, I would agree with that. I think he's this kind of grandly kind of heartfelt and dramatic songwriter. I think he's this wonderfully cool and charismatic kind of figurehead of that kind of version of working class America that he represents. I also think he's a really underrated guitarist, uh, funnily enough, and I think because he's the kind of lead guitarist and all this, I think that kind of really echoey um, Telecaster sound, I think, kind of marks out a, a lot of those songs. There's a couple of this, sweet, sweet solos on this. Like, yeah, it's not like, there's nothing kind of like amazing in terms of his, like, I suppose he's voicing or whatever on the guitar. Like it's still quite limited, but it's really exciting, I think, mm. and, it, and it sounds really nice as well. But that's yeah. one of the few moments where there is space for one instrument to kind yeah. of to live. Yeah, because they don't even afford that to the vocals, and that's my main problem with it. Is it's just like this. It's not like um, like a good slab if it was actual kind of hard rock. So like mm. you know, I know you don't like them. But point that out. I'm sorry. It like ACDC or something like that, where you're like you know you know mm. when it's big, it's like. Or strident. It's just kind of like about seventy-five percent 
strident rock music all at the same level without that kind of extra layer mm. of well, I think and, and it's not it's nothing to do with the songwriting and it it's nothing to that production I think thing, it's yeah. a certain extent to do with the with the performance as well in that and the arrangement but it's because everybody is partaking all of the time which means that it, it becomes a lot of the kind of the, the musical kind of ingredients become sort of indistinguishable from one another and it sounds like he's playing the same piano part on every song mm-hmm. and it sounds like the same guitar part on every song and I I'll, I'm quite I'm sort of I appreciate Springsteen and I, a lot of his stuff I really really like some of his stuff I love um, and I've seen him live and he's fantastic and you know I, I wouldn't say a bad word about him but I don't like this record and I never oh, okay, have that's interesting. Um, and part like I think it's that kind of it sounds so so posh but also it's not there's no kind of headroom in it it's just it's just sort of flat all the time and, and the other thing as well is that and this might sound I don't know this might it's not meant to sound controversial but I think he, I think you're right and to a certain extent that he is an underrated guitar player that said he's not what I, I wouldn't class him as like a good guitar player still, mm. you can still be underrated without being very good hmm. um, which is not to say that he's shit either it's just he's sort of an average guitar player and he's sort of an average singer as well he's a great songwriter he's sort of an average singer and you've got whenever the the, the vocals are bolstered in, on this it's his voice again is it double track or yeah, somebody sounds exactly track, like yeah. him and it, it just sounds like crap I, I, I don't think it sounds very like it, it doesn't it doesn't add anything to it it's just kind of yet more grist for for the, the mill in terms of it coming out as sort of a bit mushy and a bit kind of undefined whilst having this kind yeah. of darkness that runs through it and I understand that but I also think it, it the yeah the, the the sound of it detracts from the it's interesting the actual kind of music so really. it, it, it's produced by John Landau and this this and Born to Run are kind of interesting because it's, it's engineered by uh, Jimmy Iovine mm. who then goes Born to Run's different though okay. yeah, this is, this Born to Run's got a grandiosity to it which yeah. is which it, it benefits from I, I mean I think Born to Run's a sensational album Like, mm. so I really I want to like this a lot this is right okay, so the possibly get to too much into the the weeds with this one so the, the compilation that comes out later which is The Promise which came out a few years ago so Springsteen at this point um, records it, it's it's like uh, Melancholy and Infinite Sadness insofar as he, I think he records a, it's six Jimmy Iovine quoted us in there were like 60 or 70 songs yeah. kicking about for this so that compilation that came out about five six years ago which was The Promise which came out at the same time as the kind of reissue of this album which is 20 tracks of stuff that doesn't get onto this there's three or four things which kind of get held over and end up on the river so stuff like um, so Independence Day is from this point point blank um, Two Hearts and stuff like that but even some of the cast-offs that come from this, like um, Patti Smith ends up with Because the Nights. Yeah. Um, what's the South, the South Side Johnny? So anyway, so there's the stuff that just ends up with kind of his mates, which are, which is great. So I think there is a thing insofar as the way that uh, Born to Run, um, it, the documentary that's around that, where they spend forever mm. doing again and again and again. Let's get that three bars of saxophone correct I do think there's a, a possible thing in the recording of this whereby he's 
just so prolific at this point and much of that compilation the promise is really good and there's some stuff on there that possibly could have been in the album whether it's where it's just like the quant get they get drowned in the mm. kind of quantity. I wonder if it's it. like um you know when we talked about um Goodbye Yellow Brick Road by mm. Elton John would mm. mentioned that they would come down with a different so um what's his name? Bernie like Coke Bernie Taubman, yeah. Tauben, yeah. <laughs> so Bernie, Bernie Taubman would come down in the morning with a new song and Elton John would set about writing it. And it's like that kind of production line yeah, stuff yeah, does yeah. obviously event eventually result in a homogenization kind of thing. And I wonder if the playing is that said earlier, like he's he can. He, well, it's like he's playing the same piano part exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm not trying to embellish anything. Yeah, I think that's exactly the point. That's what it sounds. So like everything's meat potatoes. Yeah, I think, but. But that said, I mean, kind of Springsteen always uh, has always kind of stuck to the, the the formula in terms of setting out a two side record. That is belief that if you oh the four corners the, the four corners yeah. correct. So the four corners and this. So basically, get if you can get if you could absolutely nail the first and last track on each side, uh-huh. you will be fine. And to be fair, Badlands, Racing in the Street, Promised Land, Darkness on the Edge of Town. Yeah, that works. For is it. I think is like phenomenal and there are kind of there are lesser moments the moments within that are kind of to some extent are, are lesser but I just think I think it's a wonderful record I think kind of encapsulates a lot of that I, I get the kind of issues in terms of uh, the production to some extent and I think actually by the time you get to the river where it has issues I mean the river has issues full stop um, but the, the the kind of production is a lot more kind of FM friendly, and then he kind of nails like he nails what I consider to be the sound of the nineteen eighties with Born in the USA yeah. mm. for better or worse. Um, but I think that, that this is such a kind of dark, melancholic record. Um, I think the, the kind of those first two albums are good, but I think kind of Born to Run, this the the best parts of that I think Born in the USA is wonderful but I, I I think I end up kind of gushing I just think he's just such a kind of um, important artist full stop um, and I know some uh, no, well, it's no, got nothing to do with him being like a lapsed Catholic from a no no I, I, I introduced that partly for, but I do think that kind no, of that kind of um, relatable connection yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. and he is he has always been relatable he seems like a really personable guy like in a really you know a, a he's a wonderful like, yeah. right on kind of um, even the idea that is like his politics are he's a music yeah. Paul Newman to a well, certain extent where I, you're just like he's Kind of faultless to a certain extent. Yeah, and even the fact that he turned, you know, he he plays those shows at uh, St James's Park during yeah. um, the during the miners' strike mm. and hands over a yeah, fifty thousand dollar yeah. check or whatever it is. To there like, are so many stories like that about him on the way. You're like, he's kind of a fucking saint. Yeah, like a cool yeah. Billy Bragg. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a talented Billy Bragg. Yeah, yeah. looks think, good in a leather jacket. But I think the the melancholy side didn't come across for me, and I think that like. What I think is really interesting about it is what, and what it really reminded us of was Alice Cooper, and I think the difference. Everything reminds you of Alice Cooper. But I think the difference is because it's the obsession. His poor wife. It's the, hey, Louise, you see what I've done in the toilet? It reminds you a bit of Alice Cooper. It's uh, <laughs> does look a bit like a snake. School's, uh, school's very much out now. Um, <laughs> but it's the way that he's he's obsessed with the kind of what America is, and I think Alice Cooper was a bit more. 
was like it, like kind of about like schools out particularly was mm. about what it's like to be at school and it was about you know the the absurdity of it where he's more about the mundanity of it mm-hmm. and as a result is a bit more earnest like I think Alice Cooper kind of can can do comedy and do drama mm. and this is kind of not quite drama as a result of being right uh, down the middle if you know I what I mean I disagree with that I, I think because I, I think it, it does kind of it's heavy mm. but I think it, it's because it's because it's permanently heavy mm. it's it more full for it, yeah. and heavy like it's just there's no like weighty there's no I oxygen guess in it yeah. where you just kind of like you look, you're looking for yeah the dynamics the weightiness of it yeah. where I mean, but, there's a couple of songs that start quietly and then bang, like, straight in. And I think, as you said, you know, I like, think great, the, the fact that, obviously, they were writing that many songs and recording them, mm. they could have benefited from going, right, these are the best ten. Let's go what, back and... Well, I think they did, but I think um, the, the the stuff that's come out of the, the reissues um, of... of uh, uh, well, uh, the promise, the compilation of all of the extra stuff from this and the reissues of the river where extra stuff that... Springsteen himself has been a bit like, yeah, I would have. That would have been a different album if I did it now. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I think that they're kind of really interesting um, documents in a way. I, I, I think the best way to sum up Springsteen in this period is that I think his absolute strength for me is he, as you said, his kind of to some extent is lyrical kind of tackling with the kind of mundanity of life and his earnestness I think is a huge strength but I absolutely appreciate why the cliche of him makes that the absolute weakness well that was the weird thing I was when I was listening to this because there was one point where I was listening to it on the bus and it was I can't remember which song it is where he starts to, the first line is what kind of car he has and the engine that he's replacing yeah. and I was like like actually laughed out loud I was like oh like he actually does sing stuff like that. Yeah, and it was like it was a real, and I was like, and I started thinking if if somebody put this on and said, and I've you know bearing in mind I've only heard really the Ghost of Tom Jones, the only album mm. I've lived with, and I think it's great. But if somebody had said, oh, this is an amazing piss take of Bruce Springsteen, I'd have been left with no option to go. Oh yeah, it is. Isn't but it? that, but, but isn't that okay? So so no, being, that's what I mean. In, in order to do a piss take, you've got to be familiar with the thing. But you know what I mean? It's like it's the idea about it's all the songs about factories, cars, and girls. Well, they, they absolutely are at yeah, this point. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it was the thing of like it, it, so it was like oh, it's a perfect parody of it. But having not heard the original, I was in no place to tell. But it, it was like oh, so all that stuff in the past was pretty on the nose like. but in the same way that like the Ruttles is absolutely on the nose yeah, or yeah, like yeah, any like absolutely. really easy parody of like early Dylan mm. is kind of is easy to do I think that just comes with being kind of um, well having one thing like you know what I mean being, like, being I, I don't, that's, yeah. that's kind of yeah yeah being distinctive seeing he's got one thing is is yeah. is being disrespectful to him in a way that I don't want to be but in terms of like he's got that's his thing yeah. he's American working class and it's about this myth of yeah myth of America and that um, was my kind of little fun game for myself when I was listening to it was where the best funniest place to say because America mm, in yeah. the song was just to sing because America yeah, and it fits yeah, in every yeah. song but but that's because what he's singing about it is yeah. about this kind of you know to die and yeah, thing, and I think the kind of levity that comes into uh, the worst, the worst bits of the of the river, 
because the best bits or the bits that are still deadly earnest apart from the kind of obvious like big pop bangers in there like Hungry Heart and things like that um, is that and I, I think it's fine in the, in the same way that you wouldn't kind of I don't know I'm trying to think of a good filmic example whose films you would go and see just wanting to watch earnestness um, Woody Allen um, <laughs> well, David Lynch. You wouldn't really see a David Lynch. Yeah, comedy, like yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's a bit like oh, this. This Mike Lee film's not got much. Uh, not many laughs in this. Not many laughs. A couple of forced laughs. Like I, I don't see any magic realism in this one. Yeah. 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 So. It, yeah, it's not Happy Days. No, it, it is not Happy. Which days. is which is. But it's still about. Yeah. But it's still about cars, and. <laughs> Well, no, it's, about, it's, it's about escape, isn't it? Essentially, no, but that's, no, like, what I meant by that is it is the American, you know, if it, like mm. and it's the fifties idea, and I think you know, mm. like Happy Days is Happy Days is the American dream at that stage, and then you've got Springsteen is this is almost the same world twenty years later, where it's like, oh, Richie didn't grow up to do that. Mm. Yeah, the Fonz is still living. Well, in the he, I mean, he's, he's the cover. He's kind of in a Fonz esque. Yeah, I mean, a classic American outfit yeah. like yeah, the yeah, leather yeah, jacket absolutely. and white. V-neck t-shirt. I mean, I don't think it's one of the best album covers ever. Like, I think, I think yeah. it's it's the starkness of it yeah. is amazing. Like, no, I I think obviously kind of um, I think he has three of the best album covers ever because mm. I think Born to Run is an amazing cover. Yeah, and Tango I think, in the Night. Well, Born in the USA is such a like an absolute like similar theme, but just like yeah. an immaculate like. Well, <laughs> there you go. And that's that again. That, that that's a, a product of his distinctiveness. I think being able to have that kind of imagery mm. and and kind of own it. I mean, and and just you know, and live it. And I've I read something where he said about the cover for Darkness on the Edge of Town that it was taken in the photographer's house. Mm. Um, and as soon as Bruce Springsteen saw it, he wanted that image. He was like, "That's the one," because. Yeah. That's the guy in all the songs. Yeah, it's completely unadorned. Like, and he looks, you know, he looks like he's just come into your fucking house. Yeah, and he's like, you know, what's going on? Like, you know, he's either going to rob you or he's going to fuck your daughter. Mm. It is definitely the latter. Oh yeah, or yeah. both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Um, I, so I, I do feel kind of frustrated that I can't get over my issue with the production on it because I should love it, and it it's forty two minutes long, and there's a lot in there. There's mm. a lot of kind of. Um, to get your teeth into it, but it, it, I don't know. It's a kind of a, it's sort of a deal breaker, which is so unfortunate. The only other thing that I wanted to mention quickly, because I'm conscious of the fact that we did it, we haven't had, totally had a go at we've it. Given, also, we've broken twenty five minutes, minutes lot, so, yeah, so yeah, Jim's uh, like Jim's got a smile on his face. Yeah, but also I can tell the I can understand why because obviously the way that he worked at that time would have been just playing shows. I can understand why if he'd seen this live. And then you wanted to buy the album. Mm. The, you'd almost forgive some of that bad production stuff. Oh, live! He's absolutely, he's unbelievably good live. But that's it's what unreal. I mean. So like, it's, it's almost like you know. So it's like, oh well, it's not. But I, but it allows us to get back into that mindset yeah. of watching Bruce Springsteen do his music live. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and how that would. Yeah, and I think having, yeah, having we, we both are, that's that's it. The rare occasion you turned up in the northeast, you know, we, we saw him live and. And you know, the only person I think I could forgive a three-hour-plus yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. show of. Um, but I, I think the kind of logic. He was good things, with the beer breaks, though. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, ah, you're gonna do something off that what Celtic record or whatever you did. I'm, like, yeah. ah, I'm going for a pint. Yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah. Um, but he is definitely, um, he's definitely in the category, and there's a, there's very few people. 
who I could put him into now that is that when he dies I will be utterly broken by it yeah um, and there's not many of them still kind of kicking about I think mm. don't die um, Bruce yeah just that, there's your answer just don't die Bruce so the sort of thing on Broadway looks pretty healthy yeah uh-huh. mm. do you think it's working out yeah, yeah I think yeah. Yeah. yeah cardio weight I think just just playing three hour shows on a regular basis <laughs> yeah. is probably enough those lights will make you sweat yeah. so well that was it that was part two um, we'll be back in part three where we'll be talking about Van Halen and Albert Collins um, do join us for that if you want to follow us on Twitter it's at Regional Indie we're on Instagram at Regional Indie Disco you can email us at uh, Regional Indie Disco at gmail.com As don't expect said, a response though there are too many emails too yeah. much to read in fact if you've got something for me to do in particular I'd really appreciate it if you could just put action in the in the title just so I know that it's something that I've got to do because otherwise I'm going to have to ignore yeah. it because yeah. you know I've got Got too many mailboxes to manage. Well, if you want to go and find us on uh, on iTunes, so obviously find Regional Indie Disco on there, and, and perhaps put the action in the comment. Give yeah, us five yeah. uh-huh. five stars means there's an action. Also, don't don't re- review us because we've got too many reviews to <laughs> moderate. Read, yeah, yeah too, too many, many to so, get. But through. if you but if you do put action in the review, we will read it. Yeah, and, and look to do that. Uh, SoundCloud um, is a music hosting platform. Yeah. Yep. The option of uh, buying Jim a pint as well, and he will very remains. much dish the dirt yeah. on uh, which of us is a racist. Um, I, th- I believe that still stands, is that right? Jim? It still stands, and I'd like to extend it further. It doesn't just have to be a pint, because obviously, if it's something of a high percentage, I'll accept a third, maybe two thirds, if it's the right kind of bar. Well, it depends where you are and who you're with, doesn't well, it? If someone yeah. just get you like a GT towards the end of the night? Yeah, I mean, at that point, I mean, I will probably. Um, You'll be telling them who's a racist anyway. He'll just be like, oh, yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, I mean, at that point, I'd be willing to... Just uh, drinking what's on the table. I'd be willing to elaborate on some conspiracy theories, perhaps um, maybe kind of uh, point you towards um, people I suspect to be kind of in the pay of the government, things like that. Politicians and... No, 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 just, just, just in a wider sense. Carillion. Yes, um, and but no longer. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. I mean, the thing with Carillion is that I really loved Kaylee. <laughs> but if you um, if you email in because <laughs> because it's so busy, Kaylee, I'm just trying to write a tender. <laughs> because our email is so busy, I am working hard. Obviously, it'd be five days minimum before we get back to you. But I will perhaps send out five days worth of ambient music so you could just sit on hold by your email account listening to perhaps a, a single note drone. Um, if you'd like to email in which note you would like the drone to be based around, um, <laughs> yeah. well, we will course, accept submissions. Post it. I'm glad, though, that we did turn off the email klaxon, because that was... Ugh. It was non-stop, it? all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Just honks it, was like, like, it was like working in one of Bruce Springsteen's fucking factories, wasn't it? <laughs> just honks like a goose now, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Just like Bruce. Brewster's Brews Broad, the goose. <laughs>